Welcome to the Bedford Alliance Church Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Luke Cugino, your discipleship pastor and host. This podcast follows along with our church-wide reading plan, which walks you through the entire New Testament and gives you an overview of the Old Testament. Join us as we dive into God's life-changing Word together. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. We are continuing our journey through the book of Matthew. And remember, there are five major blocks of teaching in Matthew. The first one was the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Last week, we looked at the second and third blocks of teaching as Jesus sends out his disciples and he gives parables about the kingdom. Now, the fourth block of teaching is in our reading this week. We find it in Matthew chapter 18. And in his parables about the kingdom of God, Jesus talked about how the kingdom would start small. He compared it to a mustard seed. He says it's not much to look at at first, but it grows into something bigger than anyone can imagine over time. And so the community of the kingdom is starting to grow at this point, albeit slowly. But now in chapter 18, Jesus instructs his disciples on what community life should look like for believers, how we should interact with each other and with the world at large. And I want to highlight a couple aspects of his teaching here in chapter 18. Now, the first thing is, at the start of this teaching, this block of teaching, the disciples ask, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And that's such a typical question for people to ask, isn't it? Everything in our world is about status, making a name for ourselves. We tend to think of greatness in terms of accomplishments. But Jesus gives a surprising answer here. He says, Truly I tell you, unless you turn or repent and become like a child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Now, in Jewish culture, children had no real social status. They were loved, but they had no real power or privilege apart from what came from their parents. So what's Jesus getting at here? Well, the point isn't that children are innocent. Okay, Children don't need to be taught how to sin. They do that on their own. We all have a sinful nature. But the point is that children recognize their need for help. Children are dependent on their parents. So Jesus is teaching his disciples the type of humility that we as believers should have. The type of dependence we should have on Christ. And I want us to spend a little bit of time thinking about this because sometimes we're so quick to rush through Scripture, but there's a lot that we can pull out of this passage. So I want us to think more about this passage in terms of our relationship with God. What do children do when they have a problem? They cry out to their parents. They don't wait to fix things first. They come running to their parents with their problem. But when it comes to us, when it comes to our walk with Jesus, how often do we think that we need to fix things first before we go to him? How often do we feel like we can't pray to him because we're holding on to sin? We feel like we can't come to him because there's something wrong, something we need to fix first. But he wants us to do the opposite. He wants us to run to him with all of our problems. And I think sometimes we get 
so concerned about what we should pray for. But do children worry about what to say? How do children talk? They tell you what's on their minds. Think about the application of this passage for our prayer lives. How do we come to God and ask like a child? What do children do? They ask for everything and anything. They ask repeatedly without hesitation. I think that we need to worry less about our exact words with prayer and focus more on coming to God like a little child. Don't stress so much about being organized or staying on task. You're in conversation with a person. Pray about whatever your mind is wandering to. Come to God like a little child. Bring your problems, bring your distractions, and tell God what's on your mind. He's your father. He loves you. And spending quality time talking to your father is the single most transformative thing that you can do for your spiritual life. And you combine that with spending time in his word, that's how he speaks to us, and you have a foundation for growth. So just a quick side note here, with the new year coming up, I want to challenge you to make spending time with God your priority this next year. I know there are so many things that vie for our attention in this world, and there are a lot of worthy goals, good goals that we can have, but there is nothing as impactful as spending time with God daily. What if we made spending time with God the single most important act of each day? How different would our lives be? How much greater would our impact be? You will never regret time spent with God. You never will. So let's go to God like little children daily. We also need to learn to trust like little children. The same way that a little baby is completely dependent on his or her parents, we are completely dependent on God. And that brings us to another part of chapter 18 that I want to highlight. Jesus tells us a parable in verses 12 through 14. And this is the parable of the lost sheep. He says, if someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the 99 on the hillside and go and search for the stray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over that sheep more than over the 99 that did not go astray. In the same way, it is not the will of your father in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Jesus wants us to pursue the one. And I want to use this as an opportunity to revisit a theme that we've talked about throughout the podcast. It's this idea of who's your one? Who is your one? Who's one person who's currently unsaved or maybe wandering from God that you can intentionally pursue and invest in? Now, ideally, this is somebody that you have regular contact with. It could be a family member or a coworker or a friend. But we all know at least one person. We can all put one name into this story, this parable. But as Christians, we get comfortable. It's a lot easier to stay with the 99, isn't it? It's a lot easier for for us to just stay in our Christian huddles. But Jesus calls us to something greater. He calls us to leave the 99, to pursue the one. So I want you to be thinking this week, 
Who is somebody I can intentionally invest in? And what is one step that I can take to invest in that person? Just think of one step. Sometimes we overwhelm ourselves trying to think about everything we need to do, but just think of one step. This could be as simple as inviting that person to coffee or giving them a phone call. And just start there. Start there and see where God leads you. And I know this can be scary. It can be intimidating. But remember what we talked about earlier. We need to learn to trust like little children. We're never going to feel ready for this. We never will. But we need to be like the toddler who raises his arms toward his father. We need to say, God, I'm trusting you on this one. You've called me. You've commanded me to do this. And so I'm trusting you to give me wisdom and the right words to say. See, making a difference for God's kingdom isn't about having all the right answers or about being the most gifted person. It's about trusting like a little child. When we trust God like a child, when we come to him with childlike, genuine, dependent faith, he moves in response. So let's trust our God as we invest in our wants. Imagine the impact Bedford Alliance could have if we each led just one person to the Lord this next year. It won't be easy, but that's the point. God wants us to do something that's beyond our abilities because it forces us to trust him like little children. So let's put our trust in God, in the God of the universe, the God who spoke the universe into existence. Let's trust him to move through us in a powerful way and let's do it all for his glory.